Bye, boys. Shut the door. Goodness gracious. Men. Stupid. <laughs> Thank you so much, Will. Okay. After a very long hiatus, mm -hmm. we have returned. And we are Aries and... Alcohol. Yes. Here for episode number seven. So, some updates. Since we have talked to you guys last, we are finally live. So... <laughs> Woohoo! We are finally live. Um, 2020, the shit show that it was. <laughs> yeah. It was just one of those things where this project kind of got pushed to the side and we're back. We're ready for 2021. Like a TikTok that I saw recently said, we're oh not. God, gonna <laughs> that's the era we're in. Like this TikTok yeah. that I'm going to reference. <laughs> yes. I am the worst. I don't have TikTok. I'm not on it. But luckily, uh, Katarina's happily sends me all the ones I need to know about. So she keeps me in the know for sure. <laughs> but there's, um, one of my favorite TikToks about 2021 is like, we're going to walk in quietly. We're going to take our <laughs> seats. We're not going to be loud. So yeah, here we are. That did not work. That did not. <laughs> yeah. What are we, what are we like six days in and we're all set and ready to go back. I'm uh, like, ah, we can just. I know we are recording this on January 8th. Mm -hmm. uh, two days after the coup mm -hmm. on our government in yeah. the capital. So I have a lot of feelings mm -hmm. about them. I'm going to try to keep them short, but how are you feeling, Crystal Ann? I would say I have a lot of feelings as well. I will say it was a, you know, for most level-headed humans, I would assume it was not the best of or proudest days to be, you know, living in, in, in this era, this country at this time, you know, not not the best, so... Well, I'm sure we'll come back around to that. We will. Um, and with that in mind, I just have a disclaimer. We are Aries and Alcohol. We are about cocktails, their histories. So as you're listening to us, recognize the fact that we are faces behind the microphones. And while we talk about the history of cocktails, think about your own personal histories and what kind of impact you want to make on the world. So with that in mind, um, we have the daiquiri today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the daiquiri has such a history. It has a long history. It does. Two whole pages. Um, oh, I was talking about some updates. Let me uh, go into how we are live. Mm -hmm. So, Aries and Alcohol, we are on Spotify. We are on iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Podcast, Podcast Addict. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. So, follow us. Interact with us. Um, our website is live, ariesandalcohol.com, where, <laughs> where you can find recipes, information about our show, and about us. If you're like, who are these people? Who's Katarina <laughs> and who's Crystal Ann? We've got some nice photos, very complimentary pictures. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, and you can also make suggestions for the show. So, if there's a certain drink that you want us to cover or if there's a certain drink that you just want to tell us about, then go on there, fill out our contact information form, and uh, look forward to see us. Oh, also, um, we look forward to hearing from you. And also rate us on, uh, on iTunes Podcasts. We can get stars. A couple more suggestions that I think, and uh, not even just me, but just in general, I think it'd be really cool. We're always looking to partner up with different people. So if there's any other podcasts or YouTube channels you think we might like, uh, or that we should reach out to, you know, maybe in the future collaborations could be a thing. But for now, I know that there's a lot of great YouTube channels that have a lot of great 
you know, outside the box cocktails that maybe we don't even know of. So keep us in the loop. Yes, please. We always want to hear about what's new and exciting. Yeah, and- I've recently been obsessed with this this person. He's got a YouTube channel and he does like it's tasting history. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he is funny and actually he's got a couple little gimmicks that he does, you know, in every video in the background there's always like a Pokemon stuffed animal and it's a different it. one in each video. It's super cute. Yes. So he kind of has a similar vibe to us except for he does it with food and just anything you ingest essentially. And um, he just goes through and he makes it. He tells you the the recipe from like 300, 400, 1,000 years ago, whatever. And then um, he makes it. And then he, while it's cooking or whatever, he'll like tell you the history behind it and like where like pumpkin pie came from. I watched that episode. And and so he's got a lot of really interesting things going on on his podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, not podcast, YouTube and so tasting history, I was like, this would be kind of cool if we did one of his drinks. So just little ideas like that, throw them our way. If you know anybody else who's got something interesting that we might want to think about connecting with or featuring. Yeah, that's yeah. a great suggestion. And and that's go- not, yeah, that's not like paid for. <laughs> I just think that's a really fun YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> yo, yo, partner with us. We yeah, want to hear from you. Yeah, collaborate. We want to hear from you. <laughs> okay, awesome. So... We have two variations of it that we are going to be trying. So if you guys have been following along, you probably have noticed a pattern with our episodes. <laughs> a for Aperol, B for Bloody Mary, C for Cosmo, and then, huh, it just kind of skipped over D. Yeah, whoopsies. <laughs> and went to El Diablo. Well, here we are um, doing take two of a daiquiri because take one was not so hot. It was bad. It was a garbage, garbage heap. <laughs> Yes. So. <laughs> it did not do it justice. I was confused. I think it's too bad we can't put the other one up there. The other. It was bad. Because <laughs> you could tell that her and I were both like, I don't feel like I, I think I've had a daiquiri before and this isn't quite right. <laughs> yep. We give it our, we, you know what? We give it our all. Neither one of us is like bar, bartender certified or anything of that. Um, I'm tip certified, but that doesn't mean Jack, you know. We're uh, just enthusiasts. Yeah. Enthusiasts. I'm Maybe learning. I'm a little more enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're like moderate. Yeah. I'm, I'm moderator. like, what's in this? You're like, it's just tequila. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, um, the first drink we have is the original version, which actually had lemon instead of lime. Mm. So when we did the episode the first time, we only drank this one. So we're going to start with this. We're going to have lime a little later on. So I'm excited. Cheers. <laughs> you got some pulp on you. Mm. These come straight from the source. <laughs> I added regular old uh, lemon juice, and then I also had some concentrated lemon juice because, you know, two lemons just wasn't enough. So what's the recipe? Because I'm, I'm, I'm finding, like, it is very refreshing. It reminds me of just, like, a – I think we might have let the ice melt a bit, but – Mm. A Actually, little water down? Well, so I made this. I had my significant other try it, mm. and he said it was <laughs> way too lemony. Yeah. So I diluted it a little bit with um, sugar, water, with simple syrup. Um, I actually threw it in the freezer, so it shouldn't be too watered down. Okay. Um, but it is definitely a little diluted. It is very, like, lemonade to me. I was – I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I Oh, mean, you like it. Well <laughs> – you Disclaimer. Know. <laughs> I do like it. I like the um I like that it has a little sweetness, a little tartness. I like that combination a lot. 
in most things. So, yeah, I think it's refreshing. So awesome. I'm excited to see all about it. If you need some water. It's actually the lemons because <laughs> you know how I got stabbed in the throat? You got stabbed in the throat? When I was a kid, yeah. Should this be in the podcast? Yeah, I don't know. When I was a kid, I got stabbed in the throat, ripped open the back of my throat. So, like, lemon juice really fucks it up. Shit. FYI. How are you doing with that? Yeah, might you hear my voice? How it's scratchier? Oof. That's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna sound real Lindsay Lohan in about two seconds. It doesn't hurt. It just like scratches it. Jeez. So I usually don't drink lemonade. Yeah. Well, that's fine, girl. I love lemon, so mm-hmm. I just suck it up. If you have a cut in your mouth or chapped lips, <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's just like uh, that scar in the back of my throat is just sensitive. That's really funny. I thought you knew that. No, I didn't. You can't just drop a bomb like that. Yeah, it wasn't an aggressive thing. It was when I was a kid playing Xena Warrior Princess. Oh. That's why I wondered if it should be in the podcast. (laughs) This is your live girly. Whatever you want live. Ridiculous story. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So anyway. Well, story for another time, I guess. Um, but this recipe calls for lemons, simple syrup, and rum. Mm. So the original, um, another original recipe actually calls for lemons, sugar. I added simple syrup, Bacardi rum, which I actually had Bacardi rum, mineral water, and ice. So that is one of the original recipes obtained from the alcohol professor. Mm-hmm. And Difford's Guide says that the daiquiri is closely related to. Woo, here we go in again with these pronunciations. The, <laughs> the Khan Shan Shara, a Cuban drink made with honey, lime, and anejo rum. Anejo. Anejo. So Yum. let's get into this. We're back. We're in, woo, we're in the 18th century? 1898. We're in the 19th century. We're in the 19th century. I always feel like it's one, the, the number <laughs> one, one after. Yeah, yeah. behind the actual. We're in the 21st century. century. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a minute. It's late. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here we are. We're in the 19th century. After the Battle of San Juan Hill on July 1st, 1898, during the Spanish-American War, credited by Theodore Roosevelt, which took place in Cuba, the Americas began to exploit the nation's iron ore mines. And Stockholm or Jennings led an exploration. So here we are, the Spanish-American War, and we have one person who is named Jennings Cox. He's leading an exploration to exploit the nation's iron. Yeah, I like that it's called an exploration. <laughs> uh, exploitation. We love those words. Yeah, <laughs> ex ex. They're all the same, right? Exploitation, exploration. It's just about your accent, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Cox was a mining engineer who worked with the team in the Sierra uh, Maestra Mountains on the southeastern shore of Cuba, alongside the small town of Daiquiri. The engineers who exploited the iron ore, there we go, exploited, explored, mm-hmm. <laughs> were paid generously at the time because they were working outside of the U.S. and yellow fever was running rampant at the time. Ooh. The engineers received rations of tobacco and requested a monthly ration of the local rum, Bacardi Carta Blanca, white Bacardi rum. And then from there, the legend shifts, depending on the source. Another engineer, ooh, Paglucio, <clears throat> yeah, Paglucine, Paglucci, Paglucci met with Cox for a drink, and Cox made a cocktail based on what he had on hand. 
rum, limes, and sugar. So we have it with lemon. <laughs> of course, there's controversy as to whether it was limes or lemons, but what we do know is that it was made with citrus. Um, his granddaughter. Blood orange? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, that is a citrus, um, blood orange. Um, so we've got the granddaughter of, um, of Cox claims that Cox ran out of gin when he made this drink. It re- originally had limes and sugar, and he, re- and he was afraid of uh, serving his guest with, um, with rum, just solely rum. He just didn't want to give them straight. So he added some lime and some sugar. So, continuing on, the drink was popularized in 1909 when Admiral Lucius W. Johnson, a U.S. Navy medical officer, tried his drink and introduced it to the Army and Navy Club in Washington, D.C. The success of the drink was attributed to the fact that the Navy had acquired a taste for citrus in an effort to combat scurvy, being on the ship for long periods of time. So, after visiting Cuba and trying the drink, he brought it to the U.S. where it was popularized. And Ryan Petro from Alcohol Professor argues that it should have been called the rum sour. So um, when Admiral Johnson was given the drink, he asked for the name of the drink. And he called it the daiquiri after the nearby beach. It didn't have a name. So he's like, it's a daiquiri. Maybe it was a favorite destination of his. He liked going to the beach. He called it a daiquiri after his favorite place. (laughs) So... As I said before, Ryan Petro from Alcohol Professor says that the drink should be called a rum sour. So I did a little bit of research, went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, and <laughs> asked um, myself what a rum, what a sour is. We've heard lots of sours. Um, I love whiskey sours and pisco sours, which are made with liqueur, citrus, and sugar. After he- hearing about how it should have been called a rum sour, I was curious about what a sour was because I love whiskey sours and Pisco sours. So I looked up what the history of sours were. And sours were originally created by bartender Jerry Thomas in his book, How to Mix Drinks, which was published in 1862. Jeremiah Jerry Thomas was an American bartender who owned and operated saloons in New York City. And he is considered the father of American mixology. (laughs) So because of his creativity with mixing drinks, He created the image of the innovative bartender and was nicknamed Professor Jerry Thomas. So this guy, Jerry, he kind of created the idea of a mixologist, of a bartender who's behind the the bar and just making up a crazy concoction. And I just wanted to know, Crystal Ann, if you've ever had an experience like that where maybe you've gone to a bar and you didn't know what to get and you've seen a... uh, Somebody, a mixologist, just putting together God knows what inside a cup. I have, but I think it's just because um, I used to work in the service industry. And anybody who's worked as a server or in, in, a, in a restaurant in any capacity knows that uh, we usually work late hours. And I worked in a restaurant in a casino of all places. So we would end up like after the shift, just going and getting shit faced at whatever local, like other bars. And so we all get to know each other. And I had the luxury of actually just having being going to a bar and just be like, I don't care. Like, do whatever you want. And they're like, all right, cool. You know, and we kind of had a rapport with a lot of the, you know, bartenders. And so they would just start throwing some delicious things together. That's probably why I don't know enough about cocktails because all of my experience drinking cocktails or like these mixtures was just 
the fly, like whatever people were creating. And so I didn't really have a name for half of this stuff. It's like Alice in Wonderland. I'm learning, yeah. See, like drink this on a label. And you're exactly. Like, okay. I'm learning with the audience. That's really what it is. I think that's what's kind of fun for me with this podcast is not, you know, having a background in, in any of this and not really uh, being a big drinker typically, which is mentioned often. But um, it is a pleasure to be able to kind of learn with the audience here and be excited about certain things. You know, every new podcast, every time we do this, I'm like, oh, this is like, I haven't had this before. Or I haven't had it the way it's meant to be because I've always kind of had them thrown together. So anyway, I like it. <laughs> it's fun to get to learn and know finally what I'm drinking, I guess. <laughs> so there's a little give and take there. I'm like, oh, this is really good. What is it? They're like, forget. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's helpful. I guess I'll never drink this again. And it is like cooking where you know, sometimes you just, you have to have faith in mm. the chef that mm. they know how to mix their flavors together and that they're going to produce something delicious and something wonderful. Yeah. Especially when you go to those really high end restaurants, like in New York, like Mesa or whatever, where it's like or Masa, I think it's Masa where like they do whatever they want and you get like 20 courses of small bites and there's only 12 people allowed in the restaurant. Um, there's Probably a only lot 10 of, now with quarantine. Well, exactly right. If it's even open. But even before, you know, before uh, quarantine and COVID, it's like these restaurants, that's what they get. You get what you get. And you really have to trust that, you know, that top chef, so to speak. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting just knowing that the idea of like a mixologist came from the U.S. Mm. So um, continuing on. Um, so... Jerry Thomas um, described sours as being composed of a base liquor, a citrus, um, which they listed lemon or lime, but what about grapefruit? Like, that is a citrus drink. Yeah, I think there's a lot of room for different citrus, especially now with it being so, with citrus being so accessible. I could see why earlier a sour would be, you know, a lemon or lime because those were the most abundant and the, and the easier citrus to get, you know, you could acquire that citrus aside from orange. I, I understand why orange isn't really viewed as much of a citrus. I think it still is. It is technically. It's not as tart. Definitely. It's not as tart. So I could see why an orange wouldn't be a sour because it's a sweet citrus. But, um, I certainly think that a grapefruit is certainly tart, um, and should qualify. But again, it, it wasn't as accessible to get grapefruit. That was like a, a very, you know, posh thing to be able to get a hold of. So I think they should expand that definition a bit now because you can go to, you know, most markets and just get a citrus of any kind you want. Mm -hmm. We got to come with the times with these, <laughs> with these labels. Yes. Come with the times. <laughs> the, the definition of citri, yeah, the citrus on. group is uh, expanding. So, yes. So um, a sour has a citrus along with a sweetener. We have simple syrup in ours. Um or it actually, another sweetener could be orgeat syrup. So this was interesting. Mm. So I've never heard of this. Orgeat. O-R-G-E-A-T. Or orgeat. I think it's orgeat. Orgeat? Orgeat. Oh, there we go. We got French We're just going to uh, orgeat? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to throw it in. <laughs> I don't know. We're two Caucasian women. Please don't have too much, too high of expectations for pronunciation, please. We're a little limited. <laughs> we're trying to be, be gentle. fancy. Be gentle off. with us. <laughs> so an orgeat syrup is made from almonds, sugar, and rose water or orange flour. So that was pretty Ew, interesting. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really good. You know, like orange flour. 
I had no idea. I mean, it makes sense that the flower of these fruit trees would be just super aromatic and delicious as well. Um, I didn't realize this, oh, until I had a lemon tree and it flowered and it just, it blanketed my apartment and I was like, holy cow, lemon flowers are amazing. Why don't we make more things with this scent? Mm -hmm. I was really intrigued by it. So I would imagine that, yeah, lemon flower would be a delicious, or orange flower would be delicious to, we should do that. Okay. So we are back and we are here for the second version of the daiquiri, this time with lime. I'm much more looking forward to this version than the previous one. (laughs) So, okay. Cheers it up and let's take a sip, see which one we like more. It's like a slushy. Yeah. So I put these guys, woo! Woo, I was generous with the rum. (laughs) Oh my God. But if it's a slushy, that means all the other stuff froze and not the rum. Yep. I was, I was surprised when I took this out of the freezer mm. and it was like, it's a slushy. Can I mix that? Can I mix that up? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. A finger? <laughs> you need chopstick? Go get chopstick. 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 <laughs> She's drunk, folks. Chopstick. One, chopstick. One. <laughs> Daiquiri. I'm just going to use my fruit. <laughs> so. That is. <clears throat> I, it's funny though, because you said the other one was diluted and I stayed closer to the recipe for this one. So this is actually what it's supposed to taste We'd like. We'd be drunkies <laughs> if we, I don't think I could hang back in the day. The way these people, well, it's funny because like I was having a conversation with somebody and it's so true that like back in the day, people just used to drink so heavily because they did not have access to clean water, right? So like ale and wine and like mead. That's what you drank because you didn't have clean water. Or you were like out at sea or something. Right. So you're like, okay, we've got some some citrus. Freaking daiquiri. The history of daiquiri. Like, let me just get just enough caloric intake to survive. But also let's also add some citrus in there so that we don't uh, get scurvy. But okay, we've tried two versions of the daiquiri today. I can say I like the lemon one more just because I diluted it more. Um, but the lime, there's something very classic tasting. Oh yeah. We're done with that. (laughs) I am getting a lot of, um, the lime. I want to say, did, and and here's the thing too. It depends what you use, right? So it was brought, a good point was brought up earlier that if you're using the stuff that comes in those bottles that you squeeze, it's more concentrated. Yep. And if you're using like a fresh fruit, it has more water in it because it's an actual fruit you know and that's the point is they're very they hold a lot of water so if you're using fresh lime it's not going to be as concentrated so it depends on what you're using for your drink it's not going to be as tart yeah the tartness isn't going to be as concentrated so keep that in mind when you're making these drinks Mm -hmm. um I think for this one we used both right we used used fresh and concentrate I bought two of each I thought that would be enough it was not so I had Mm. concentrated so yeah this is very you want to clear your sinuses up yeah you know if you really just the concentrated version so So keep that in mind when you're making this at home I like the flavor of the second one more I like lime over lemon um but you could very much get swasty 
Yeah, I do. I think I like the lime flavor, but I mm-hmm. just think it's too tart. Yeah. It, yeah. For me, at least for my palate. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not getting as much rum as you say is in here. It's the lime that's choking really? me up. Yeah. Mine's very strong. Like, I just... She basically woo. was just like, like she a, got all the rum and I got all the lime. <laughs> it's like a wind. It's like, just blown <laughs> back. So, okay. Um, continuing on. So, there's actually a little ditty. Surrounding the daiquiri. One sour, two sweet, three strong, four weak. And it's related to the uh, to the content. So one sour is going to have to be the um, the sour mixture. So the, uh, the citrus. So two sweet. We're talking about the sweetener. Um, three strong would have to be the rum. Don't know what four weak is actually. Would that be like if there was a mineral water? Like to True. water it down. Yes, there you go. That could be it. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you're using like whatever, you know, I guess measurement you're using, you would just use those ratios with that measurement. Yes. Yeah, so literally one, two, three, four. Yes. Yeah. Good catch. Good catch. Oh, here I am. <laughs> so let's go back in time to 1913, just over 100 years ago now. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about Jeff Beachbum Berry. <laughs> What? Jeff Berry. His nickname was Beach Bum. We're going to oh. talk about him. So he published the Potions of the Caribbean and based the drink off the, a recipe of bartender Emilio E. Margato Gonzalez of Havana's Hotel Plaza. Gonzalez served the daiquiri shaken and strained as opposed to shaken and poured. He also replaced white sugar with brown sugar. And this variation... Oh, sounds good with rum. Yes. And Yum. it's not as diluted as what we're having now. So. Oh. That is one version, and that's from um, the sources, Caroline Pardia at eater.com. So going back, um, well, going forward in time, we're still back in time. <laughs> um, to the 1900s, some of you listeners may not even have been around then. In the 1900s? I, I hope not. What do you mean? Like people born in like 20, 2000. We were 20 oh, years old. when you say 1900s, I'm like, like 19, <laughs> what, like Titanic 1900s no. or? Like 1900 to 1999. Like they came with the new millennium. There's a funny TikTok. I'm going to bring up a TikTok again. <laughs> There's a really funny TikTok where somebody is, mm. um, they're asking someone else for an ID and they take out their ID and the, um, the person behind the counter is like, oh, it's fine. I see the one. Like, you don't have to take your ID out. And they're like, I see the one. And the person behind the counter is like, yeah, that means you're over 21. So 19. <laughs> is that why? 19. It's because if you're born in 1999. You're, you're, you're 21. You're 21. Yeah, my brother. My brother was born in 1999. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So. <laughs> makes me sick. That was pretty. Whew. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a cheat right now. So <laughs> anytime if you're trying to think of ways to make less work for yourself and your carding people, just look for the one, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, and also hope that, that the ID looks like the <laughs> Yes, you know, make sure that it's, Other like, fun make sure that it's credible, make sure that it's yeah from the, you know, if you're serving someone in the U.S. of A., that it's from the U.S. of A., yeah. We'll um, do it. We'll do a whole training someday. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So, can I just dump these into each other? You could. That'd be you gross. Want to do lime and lemon? Go for I'm it. Gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, guys. You, we have three. Now daiquiris. I'm just now. Oh, look at me. I'm a mixologist. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're like Here Jerry, she go. Professor there Jerry. She goes 
Mixing that gross beverage. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be nasty. You guys wish you could see what I was doing. Or the face I'm about to make. This is, I don't know if I've mentioned this, I probably have, but I have a friend that has an entire, like, reel of me trying beverages. So even before this podcast, before I was asked to do this, it was a common joke that, like, I don't drink a lot. And, like, anytime I would try a new uh, uh, concoction or anytime I tried a new cocktail, my friend would just make sure he had his camera somewhere recording me. So he just has just probably an hours of just me making these heinous expressions anytime I try a drink for the first time. So maybe someday we'll get big enough to warrant having like some type of camera in here. <laughs> that people want to see yeah. us like live or whatever. Oh my it's gosh. Bad. Maybe I'll be able to get some of those. Maybe, maybe if I'm feeling real cheeky, we'll put a couple of those up on the site. <laughs> They're bad. They're really bad reaction videos. So let's see how this goes. Lemon and lime mixed together reaction. Ooh, oh, looks like you bit into a lemon. So bad. You did that. Like, you made that choice. I did. My shirt smells amazing. It's good. You're not a good mixologist, according, to your, own, <laughs> according nope. to your own accord. <laughs> yeah, not a great mixologist. We'll leave that to everybody else. We'll leave that to Katerina and her signature drinks. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just mix fruit and alcohol, and mm. it's a good time, but... Oh, so let's go back. We're going back to 1930s and 1940s. We have entered into the period of World War II. So whiskey and vodka during World War II, the rationing became harder to attain while rum was plentiful in the Caribbean, you know, because mm-hmm. rum comes from the Caribbean. Uh, we've got an author coming up. F. Scott Fitzgerald first wrote about daiquiris in his book, The Side of Paradise, written in 1920. So another author, and I'm not going to go too much into this, um, Ernest Hemingway had his own version, which he called the Hemingway daiquiri, or Papa Doble. <laughs> <laughs> he was a diabetic and used grapefruit and maraschino liquor in lieu of sugar. <laughs> so I'm going to have a comment on that. <laughs> okay. Rum is made from sugar, and he asked for additional rum. Do you think it was about the diabetes? <laughs> This is the note I got from... I know, and I'm going to talk about it later. <laughs> you got to tune into a future episode because there's more on this later. Some controversy surrounding, yes. oh, I'm a diabetic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but more rum? Okay. Also I alcoholic. Mean. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got another source, Distillery Trail. So actually in the 1960s, President John F. Kennedy sipped daiquiris on his sailboat, the Honey Fitz, and Miss Jackie Kennedy even trained White House staff to make hers. So it got popular in World War II, and the Kennedys actually brought it back in the 60s. Mm. I don't think the daiquiris ever died. I think it's great. The Kennedys did, though. Yeah, that's, yeah. Rest in peace. All right. <laughs> Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> so... Here we go. So we've got, here's some modern interpretations. <laughs> Rest in peace. It's like the daiquiri never died, but the Kennedys did. Good luck editing this shit, I'm Fern. just trying to ground you. So here's some um, modern references to it. So Andrew Dietz, the co-founder of Cocktail Fest, um, Thirst Boston, and some of his bartender friends conceived a new hospitality industry drink ritual. The Daiquiri Timeout. They even have an acronym. 
DTO. They're taking a DTO. This is a controversy as to whether this guy, Andrew, concocted the idea of a Jackery timeout or if Christopher Walken's character in Wedding Crashers when he asked for a Jackery timeout. So I had to look in more into this. So we've got this guy, Andrew Dietz. He's like, I created this idea of taking, of drinking a Jackery and relaxing and calling it a Jackery timeout. So according to the blog Cocktail Virgin, um, the DTO was created in the summer of 2010. Um, so Andrew said that him and some friends were in Martha's Vineyard talking about historical situations and how differently white people shit <laughs> if I've ever freaking heard it. Well, the funny thing was, so <laughs> let me finish the sentence. Sorry, I was so, just like, holy God. And he talked about how differently history would have been if people had had a daiquiri timeout. Well, here was the thing. They did. <laughs> people in history just drank all the damn time. It was 24 fucking seven. I know. They didn't need a daiquiri timeout. Well, it was they didn't just take, always being sloshed. They didn't take a timeout, Crystal. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Just part of their, they didn't drink water. They just drank okay. rum. Okay. What do you think, ladies, that lunch freaking was? What do you think brunch is? <laughs> so I'm it done was, with them. It was really funny because I looked everywhere. I was like, is this a drink? Because when I first read these notes, I was like, maybe this is a kind of daiquiri. Nope. It's just the idea of taking a timeout with a daiquiri. <laughs> so reposo. So. <laughs> I'm all done. I'm all done with their stupid Martha's Vineyard selves. I just love it. Can't drink that. I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. I love it. I hate it. Mm. So here's a few other variations of the daiquiri. So we've got La Florida daiquiri number two, longtime Florida owner of the Florida uh, restaurant in Cuba, uh, Constantino Ribeliga. We're going to start practicing these before the show. <laughs> Ribeliga. Even if I practice. <laughs> I know. It doesn't mean anything. Can I read it? You want me to try to read it? Um, <laughs> I'm just going to spell it out. R-I-B-A-L-A-I-G-U-A. Ribeliga. There you go. Beautiful. That roll. That R roll. His, Wait till um, they see what I look like. They're going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> his, so his orange accented daiquiri adds dashes of uh, curacao and orange juice to the original recipe, which even more citrus. We're trying to expand the definition of I'm citrus. I'm here for the orange. I feel like it would taste. I think I, I think that's more my palate. Yeah. This is just, this is in your face. This It's why it's called a classic because yeah. it's just. It's what they had. It's what was easily accessible. Like we mentioned before, you know, it was really easy to get lime and lemon. And Sometimes rum. more than, you know, other citrus fruits that were just not quote unquote a delicacy, but just harder to get. So, yeah, it makes sense. It's going to be that that easy shelf stuff that you can just grab anytime. Yeah. Which is why, you know, you have people making fun of us now about like, why don't we just go back to the classic drinks? Because Cause they hurt. <laughs> they, they hurt. Do. They You pucker. I mean, this I'm is just very, a baby. it's good. It's, I mean, it's good, but it's very one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, another variation is Don's special daiquiri. Don, the beachcombers teakified daiquiri is sweetened with passion fruit and honey, sh- um, and honey instead of sugar. So I looked up this man. That sounds Don, like shit. Don, the beachcomber. <laughs> so Don, the beachcomber, he is actually attributed to creating tiki culture. <laughs> so we're not a fan? So... I mean, everywhere I looked, it's they defined him as an American adventurer. Okay. He was a bi- an American adventurer, businessman, and World War II vet. 
and he created tiki culture. That's uh, he died interesting. In, I, he died in Hawaii. I know that. So it's just another case of appropriation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he's a vet, though. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you. Nuclear daiquiri. That is the last variation that I have. This is one of the most famous recent daiquiri variations and one that has been very popular in the UK for years. So, Crystal Ann, does this sound familiar? Probably not. Gregor de Greither. Do you remember him? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> remember Gregor? Not from my time there. I don't. <laughs> His modern daiquiri riffs calls for it. So... These recipes, um, excuse me, these ingredients, I originally just listed them in the original episode, and then I actually looked into what they were, and I was like, this is, this is interesting. Okay. I'm not going to say weird, because I don't want to offend any We're fine, Nephilim. We're fine. Okay? We're fine. <laughs> they're going to be fine. If they can make it through what the hell they're going through right now, us offending them is the least of their concerns. <laughs> so... This version of the daiquiri calls for green chartreuse. Oh, God. Oh, green chartreuse? That's a particular flavor. So this is a French liqueur made by the Carthesian monks, and they have been making it since 1737. Hey, you remember that YouTube I was talking about where the guy goes back and talks about that shit? He just talked. He has a whole episode about monks. Is he dressed in monk attire? No, but he talked about how basically monks would be just getting shit-faced and like had like the best alcohol, like better than kings. I'm going to plug this guy, and if we don't get some sort of connection with him, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> Tasting history. <laughs> Tasting history. Yeah, my boyfriend got me into it. It's his fault. <laughs> and now I'm obsessed. And he was talking about these monks just getting shwasty. We have the Frangelico, For too. Jesus. Shwasty for Jesus. So we have uh, green chartreuse, overproof rum, and falernum. And I was also like, what falernum? the hell? Falernum. Okay, mm. there you go. Which is a spicier version of orgeat syrup, which I already went over. Um, but it has ginger, lime, almond, and with ginger, lime, almond, and cloves of spice. Yeah. So basically the only time that British ever incorporate real seasoning into food is when they drink it. <laughs> and it's got to have alcohol. Otherwise, literally when I lived in the UK, like there, if I wanted good food, it was going to be at like a noodle bar or an Indian place. And then also just alcohol. So that was, I'm not surprised that that, that's, that sounds like a very British drink. Just very, I don't, I've never had it, but it, it does sound pretty accurate. But yeah, they're like, we don't put spices in our food unless we're drinking. Drinking, which, you know, okay, that's fair. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I found out through 23andMe about how British <laughs> I am. Originally, it said 49%, and then it updated itself. I'm 66% British. Oh, I'm super British. It's all right. But, That's all right. It's I, hard for Katarina around to be American and British. I mean, it's a tough time. It's also a very white thing to be like, I'm 66%. <laughs> so calm myself out a little bit. That's fine. I'm more than half. Finding out that I was more than half of anything was That's just, pretty interesting. Just because, you know, we're a melting pot. So if you can find out any of that, it's pretty, you're like, oh, shit. I'd be very surprised if I was half of anything. I know I'm not. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. But anyway, that was all to say that I come from a long line of unseasoned chicken and <laughs> beans out of the can. So bad. So I'm just. Oh my God, I hated eating food there. But you know, the funniest thing, I will end on this note, um, at least with my family history, I could tell how British or how un- unflavored <laughs> my family was when I gave my Nana a piece of cilantro she cried for a half hour because she thought I fed her soap. 
Oh, she's one of those. That's a very yes. that's a very unfortunate. There is a gene out gene. there that you either taste cilantro or you taste soap. And my poor eighty year old grandma thought I poisoned her. So here we are. We are finished with the daiquiri. We are not literally finished with the daiquiri. Um, Chris Lan is handing her drink to her boyfriend. He I made is- a mistake. <laughs> He's just slowly. I made a grave mistake. He's he's putting it back. It's bad. It's bad. No, no, no. He just made the face (laughs) of. He made the face of not so bad, but he's also like a garbage dump of like he'll eat anything. I mean this with all the love and affection. Can you look at him when you say that? (laughs) He's making. I'm a garbage dump. Do it. Yeah, you are. You are like a garbage. (laughs) He's a garbage dump for food and drink. No, look at him. Stop shouting at me. Literally, he'll eat anything and drink anything. So you can't take his word for it. He, he, he. Fern, try this. I don't know. I can't explain it. We're no, having, Fern, we're I having our significant others try it. No, we just. Yeah, that's a no. That's a no go. See, Fern, I'm, I'm here with. Like, Fern I'll take look, his word for it. He looks like a disappointed dad. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Will would pick something up off a counter and be like, oh, is this delicious? Maybe. I don't know. I'm going to eat it anyway. And then he's like, hmm, maybe try it one more time just to be sure. That's like, me. Even if it's been, like, on the counter. Yeah, Catherine is very much the same. Way. Even today, <laughs> Will brings in this, like, eggnog that we made, like, during the season. <laughs> Who was the one that drank it? Yeah. And Will's like, want to try it? I'm pretty sure it's still good. Keywords, pretty sure. Katarina's is like sold. Fern and I are like, you do you. I'm not here for this. Fern still tried it anyway. And uh, yeah, so that's, it's a pretty precious combination of it was these delicious. two individuals. This, yeah. this milky was good, drink sure. that was made like weeks Four ago. Four weeks ago. It was delicious. <laughs> My bowels are still intact. It's fine. We're going to make it through. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, let's end this note with, um, oh gosh, how would you summarize this drink? We've given, you would not summarize. I see a shaking of the head. If you need your sinuses cleared up. Unimpressive. Unimpressive. Just because it is just super basic. It just tastes like lemon or lime. It doesn't have its own. True. If you want to get swasty and you have these ingredients. Easy drink. Super easy. Super like, it's just non-committal. It's, yeah, it's very simple. Um... I don't, maybe rustic. Is that the word you would use when you're describing something that's, nope, not rustic. I'm getting a no. I mean, rustic. What is the word I'm looking for? Classic. Classic. Like, it's just like, it's fucking limes and shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's non-complex. Yeah. It's a very simple drink. Like, you're going, you know, to the beach and you're like, oh, we don't have anything. You have rum and you have limes. True. And you have sugar. I would drink this at the beach. Yeah. You know, even just, yeah, I would drink this at the beach. Simple. When I could. Go to the beach. We still go. We can go. We just have to be really far apart. I miss the beach. Okay. So, daiquiri. It is traced to the good old individuals in the Navy um, to help against scurvy. It was brought back by the Kennedys. And uh, there has been recent resurgence of it with different varieties. But uh, we ourselves... Not big fans. Not my favorite. That is not a judgment on anybody that makes it or that has it. Or loves it. You can love whatever you want to love. But if you're looking for, like, I would probably go for an Aperol Spritz over this if I'm looking for a refreshing drink. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Um, Rate us on iTunes um, podcast. Visit our website. Give us suggestions. 
uh, add us on Twitter, Instagram, and we have a Twitter. We do. I mean, it's very quiet, <laughs> but it's there. We're not tweeting. This bird is not. It's more like it's a dead bird. It's all right. It's a quiet bird. But anyway, this has been Aries and alcohol. Thank you. <laughs>